We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News and World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. ¿Qué ha pasado en la isla? No lo sé. Por favor, tranquilícese. ¿Qué ha pasado en Almanzora? Ante anoche, a eso de las once y media, empezaron las voces y las risas. Flores de acónito y una cruz de plata atravesando su corazón. Que Dios nos ayude. Por favor, señor Vélez, no lo haga, no la toque. Hello and welcome again to Arises from Spain. This is Mistress Elena. Welcome you once again to our Halloween special. I know it's not Halloween yet, but I wanted to have something ready for you. Remember, before starting anything that I have an email at it, that is horizonsfromspain at gmail.com, where you can send everything you want, including marriage proposals, but please, if that just attached <laughs> a little account information on the email so I can take a decision. So remember that you can find Rises from Spain on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram under the name of Spanish Fear because you know we are of spanisphere.com and remember that I have a PayPal button on spanisphere.com I say that again <laughs> where you can send any kind of contribution or help that will be really welcome 
Before starting, I want to thank Peter Fully and the guys from the Vincent Prize Tours, including Victoria Prize, an amazing lady that came here for a tour on Paul Nazi's locations. The, the tour's uh, guide was uh, Victor Matellano. Um, it seems that they had a great time in the tour. I was <laughs> the night guy. And we have a really good time in Madrid. And want to thank them for everything. It was really, really funny. And they are really, really nice. Let me tell you that our wonderful long Fleming from the blind that you know the blonde lady will be in London for a Worldwide Wear event on October 19th. You can find all the information on Worldwide Weird <gasps> Facebook site. And, okay, here we have some very interesting pieces of news. There is a new creepy image issue now available. I love this Lobica magazine. It seems that I won one of their contests. <laughs> well, in this Izu you will find a special Antonio Margaretti's nude Simore, you know, Italian advertising material about this movie, some German advertising material from Carnival Holocaust, and um, French advertising on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Spanish advertising on Yuji Cozy's contamination and Japanese material from mm, I, Trails of a Virgin. Oh, I, I got the Japanese, mm, you know, name <laughs> on the press note. And I was, oh my God. But remember, Japanese people, I love you. <laughs> and on Tressel from the Bolt, we have a special evil of Frankenstein and an interview to... Armin Jung and uh, mm, this is very appealing. The first 332 orders will include new stickers for our the hours because I'm making the collection super spooked sticker spectacular. Oh my god, this is really really difficult for a Spaniard. <laughs> it's a special, you know, car uh, album we have. Remember, you can go to creepy images that kind of high phone in the middle of creepy images. It's high phone when it's up. Okay, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> and order your Izu. And if you're in Madrid, at the end of October, we have the horror train designed by Victor Matellano and Colmen Arbijo, where the mark of the world wall was made. Apart from that, I have to tell you that I watched it, you know, the lost Nazi movie. Okay, he's only an actor, but the um, the movie was directed by Arturo de Bobadilla, and uh, it's called Los Resucitados. It was made in the nineties, but it was released now. You can find the review on SpanishFear.com. I'm going not going to tell you anything about the movie. <laughs> Just go and read. And also, apart from the Nazi book, Bile Books is releasing that I told you before. In the previous episode of Our Rises from Spain, we have the Jess Franco Files for Young One. <coughs> Sorry. By Francesco Cesari and Roberto Curti. And it's a research on different scripts. And in this book, we will find Sector 8, The Night Has Eye, The Castle of Frankenstein, Relax Baby, and Cries in the Night. <coughs> and a 
Jess Franco synopsis is going to be really, really interesting <coughs> and dying, guys. Um, in this book, uh, I don't know a lot. Maybe in uh, maybe in Spanish. Well, it for sure it's in Spanish. I don't know about an English distribution, uh, an English edition. I asked for samples on Bible books, but I was told they are very small distribution publishing company, and I was not going to receive anything. So, so I'm not going to reboot it. <laughs> and also, there is a beautiful release on soundtracks: "Horizons from the Tomb," not from Spain, and "The Killer is One of the Thirteen by Quartet Records. And now. Ah, oh. let me drink something and we will start with the pre-Halloween special. An incredible story. He's a beastly sadist, a devil that follows man wherever he goes. The vampire's only a legend of this place. A legend that's converted into chilling realism. It's not important that Dracula's carnal body is destroyed. Wherever blood flows, Dracula is ever-present to punish horror with horror. We weren't able to destroy Dracula in Virgo Pass and his terrible power. I'm scared, Marlene. You be quiet, he'll hear you. You once belonged to Dracula, his origin. A love story of good and evil, of life and death. Behind each kiss hides a horror of terrifying realism, a thousand times worse than death itself. Dracula's Great Love with Paul Nashi, Rosanna Yanni, Eddie Politoff, Myrta Miller, Vic Winner, and the special appearance of Ingrid Garble. A satanical ritual that marks the rebirth of Dracula. The most terrifying love story from beyond the tomb, in which terror is combined with romance, violence and tenderness, love and blood. Constant action that suspends you with fright, something that will make you feel the pleasure of fear. You won't be able to breathe after a terrifying scene because the next is more horrifying than the one before. And now that I'm totally recovered, let me tell you something about this pre-Halloween special that is going to be dedicated to Spanish Horror Monster. <laughs> As you can see this time, I'm alone, Lady Nancy Kruger. 
I don't know. Maybe it was good night, but Zig Zig has a message for you that you will listen later. But from now on, she will be kept, you know, in the basement. <laughs> um, also, we will have a special message from our beloved Robo Monel. So, what's the first Spanish monster that comes to your mind? To mine? Other Templars, you know, let's talk about zombies. You know, we have the classic zombies like the Templars that are very, very, very Spanish. <laughs> oh, sorry, you created this monster from nothing. Okay, from nothing, no, it's based on a Becker's story. That's what he said, but actually, there is a, a, a story that um, you can read on Spanish horror by Victor Matellano, in which he tells that. Um, once there was Osorio, always, you know, low on budget. And he was uh, having lunch with Perez Giner, that is one of the uh, biggest Spanish horror producers. And um, he was trying to sell a script because he needed to direct something. And he needed money. So he was giving him a lot of ideas. And uh, I know what about this. And Giner was, no, 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 no. And then Osorio said, and what about, I have a script of some Templars based on Becca's story, blah, 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 blah. And Perigenio said, oh, that one is good. Can I have it tomorrow on my desk? And, and so he said, yes. And he spent the rest of the night just typing. <laughs> so we know the Templars, the blind dead are four different movies. The, for, for me, the best one is the second one. The the first is very interesting, but I have some, you know, mistakes. Like the one I put my pyjama on, I heard the Templars, and then I take off my pyjama. <laughs> no, but it's very interesting, and we have Long Fleming, that's a plus for sure. Um, and then uh, we have the third one that is in the Ghost Galleon, that I actually I like it so much, but sometimes when I gather with friends, I have to say, no, no that's the worst because everybody says that's the worst that's the no but it's quite good I heard that um, I think I read on yes on Jack Taylor's autobiography I read that he, he didn't like too much this one he was wearing a pullover or something <laughs> and it was really hot on the beach and also the f the fourth uh, part that's the one I like the least come on send emails <laughs> That's, uh, you know, in the north. Uh, and so the thing is, the, this is um, a Spanish word, but uh, it doesn't take uh, place in Spain because, you know, in Franco times, Spain was wonderful, was perfect, and nothing weird happened here. And then, uh, so this is the Templars. This is the, what started all. And then we have Jorge Grau, the living dead at the Manchester Mog, that is quite different kind of zombie. The thing is that this is a co-production with United Kingdom and it's more British and I think it's more Italian in the colors and the zombies, you know, don't have that kind of personality. <laughs> it's a very interesting word, but it's more mm, with Romero's than with the Spanish horror. And my favorite zombies also, well, infected the people are... The ones from Wreck, you know, the saga by Paco Plaza and Jaume Balagueró. Paco Plaza has just released an amazing movie called Veronica, based on real facts and <laughs> about Guijas and those kind of things. That is a must watch. And how Jaume Balagueró has just uh, premiered his uh, Muse, it's called Muse, his uh, latest film. 
a citrus festival and I have to watch it soon. So Greg, you know, is quite of realistic. He's uh, found footage. Uh, one, uh, um, you, you have the American remake that's quarantine, but I think the only one, uh, they only re remade the first two. I'm not sure. I'm not following the remake. I haven't, haven't watched American ones. So Rick, uh, all happens in a building and well, it's very fast and it was a very cheap movie. It was quite famous. If I remember well, Paco Plaza in uh, Queridos Monstruos, that's a documentary I talked uh, about before. No, no, not my favorite documentary, but have something fun. The, uh, Paco Plaza, and I think it was Paco Plaza. I don't remember now, but uh, it, it was Paco Plaza or Jaume Balagero, but I, I think it was Paco Plaza. It was saying that filmers didn't want to, to release the movie because they, they couldn't see the, you know, <laughs> the success. But... What happened? It was a phenomena. <laughs> I love the first one and also the third one. The third one is more like an evil dead thing. It's a horror comedy and so the second is okay, but it's more like the first with cats and so on. The fourth one is like a G.I. Joe movie. <sighs> but these are all zombies. And now, please, let's start to the first track. Of the night or the day <laughs> or the evening, I don't know. Whenever you are listening to this, so in this case, we are going to listen to Paul S. Urias' track. This track is from the music, film music by him, and it's called Falling Skies. And I hope you really enjoy it. <laughs>
buenas noches. Eh, ¿Serían ustedes tan amables de mantenerse a la vista y con los brazos levantados se hacen el favor? Muchísimas gracias, jóvenes. ¿Tú qué coño haces? No sabemos si son violentos. Vamos a concederles el beneficio de la duda. Duda despejada, no son pacíficos. with one of the most characteristic creatures of the Spanish creepy nights, that is, of course, the werewolf. And who's the most famous werewolf in Spain? Yes, him. This Nazi Paul Nazi, Jacinto Molina, who created Valdemar Janinsky. You know, a werewolf full of love <laughs> um, so regretful and always looking for the perfect partner Nazi made several werewolves movies directed by him or by others like Klimowski or Red etc one of my, my favorite one I'm going to say my favorite one. I, I like the mark of a werewolf or many of them. But my favorite one, I don't know why, is a werewolf and the jetty. <laughs> that I, I, I love the makeup and I don't know. For me, it's the most appealing one, but all of them are great. And um, as, as we, we, we have talked a lot about Paul Nazi in previous episodes and we are always talking about Paul Nazi, that's not bad, but let's change the topic. I also want to talk about uh, Lobos de Arga against Werewolf, directed by Juan Martinez Moreno. If you remember well, in one of our seasons, in the second season or third season, I cannot remember, I interviewed him about this movie. This movie got some uh, distributing problems I think I'm not sure I don't know what happened because uh, Juan Martinez didn't didn't want to talk about this um, but when when it finally came to the theater it was good success Los de Arga against the werewolves that I need to watch it again because I love it. It's a kind of horror comedy, very Spanish in a way, very universal in the other. And it was 
really it was a video on demand on the United States, so I know some of you have watched it. I hope it is either to Netflix soon or which sort of platform you do do prefer. And also, please don't forget and check that interview because it was very, very fun. And um, Juan Martinez is now living in the United States. He's working that and he has uh, made some of the sections for VHS and all, all, all these, you know, uh, group movies. <laughs> he directed some of the chapters. Also, I want to talk about uh, a real, actual werewolf that we have in Spain, the Roma Santa. One day we will talk about this because I know Erika knows about this and, and so. So, Roma Santa was a kind of real werewolf that we have in Spain. And Paco Plaza made a film about this for the Fantastic Factory. Fantastic Factory is a production, uh, producing company. Uh, that he is Stuart Gordon and many others started here in Spain. They also made Dagon and, and many others. But nothing very interesting really <laughs> came from here. This uh, this movie was not good. It, it's not one of best Paco Plaza's movies. And let me just recommend you El Bosque del Lobo by Pedro Olea. And it's also kind of neorealistic movie about a psycho in the woods of Galicia. Okay, this is my recommendation. And after talking a little about Werewolf, now let's listen to a track, <laughs> to a song by a band, which I love the name, it's Quixote, you couldn't be more Spanish, but they are from Nashville, Nashville, but, well, they're from Tennessee, that's what I know, <laughs> um, they're called Quixote Fagli, and they contributed to this special show with their son Zombified, that I really hope you enjoy. Yes, I want to, I want to eat you alive Yes, I want to, I want to eat you alive Woke up this morning, I'm feeling so fresh Consumed by this hunger For the taste of your flesh I think I'm a zombie Life's gone 
save me now Just one taste I think of a zombie Sergeant, if Christ and saints are out of fashion. Satan's all the rage these days. Listen, boy, you keep getting on my nerves and I'm going to give you another kind of house to look after. One with lots of bars in the windows. We'd better reinforce that door. Take the lamp. I can just imagine the sergeant's face when he finds out. Craig, can you hear me? Sergeant... They're dead people trying to kill me! Message for you. Look, I know it sounds silly, but is it possible? I mean, could a film fail to catch an image for any reason? Well, a ghost, maybe.
Hello everyone, I'm Lady Nancy Kruger and nice to hear you again. As I can't be with Elena, I'm going to, well, I'm recording a short recording about, uh, talking about one of my favorite monsters, monster in Spanish horror film. It's the vampire. So there is a trilogy uh, made by Leon Klimowski called, in Spanish, La Trilogía Vampírica, the Vampire's Trilogy. And this trilogy is made up of three films. The Dracula Saga in 1972, The Vampire's Night Orgy, in 1973 and The Strange Love of the Vampires in 1975. I'm going to pay attention to the second part, The Vampire's Night Orgy. The plot is quite similar to a very famous uh, gore film you may know, perhaps you know Herschel, Herschel Gordon Lewis, and he made 2000 Maniacs in 1964, but and both plots are quite similar. So, but obviously the cultural context in both cases were uh, different because, for example, in in Gordon Lewis movies, uh, the monsters were ghosts from a southern village from in the south of uh, in the southern part of America, and in the case of uh, the Vampire's Night Orgy, the monsters are vampires, okay? So this is one important difference because the monsters aren't from the same country because the film uh, talks about a group of workers who are traveling to a castle where they are starting to work but they need to pull over in a, in a small village called Tonia. Uh, Antonia. Tonia is in Romania. So uh, this different. This is different to the uh, to Gordon Lewis film because uh, the monsters are from the from other country. And this is important to know and to notice. Because uh, the dictate, in 1973, Franco was still alive. So, uh, and meanwhile, um, while Americans were thinking about their own monsters, for example, with the serial killers, in the case of the dictatorship, monsters were always from other countries or where from where fantastic uh, fantasy monsters, for example, the Wolfman, 
the zombies. So they weren't uh, they weren't human beings. Okay, they weren't very uh, different. The threshold uh, was uh, very clear. Okay, and in this case, the monster because I'm going to talk about the the monster above all. Okay, the monster, the main monster is the mistress who is controlling the minds of the ghouls who are the rest of the people who live in Tonia and they suck blood. Obviously, uh, this structure, this social structure, transgressed the, uh, a strong taboo because for during well, during, in the dictatorship, women and men had their own places and women were behind men. So, the monstrosity is found in the fact that a woman could rule a whole population. And even the social structure, um, even the, the, the whole town, is a critique of the dictatorship because there was uh, there was one figure who could think who could say whatever he wanted is the case of uh, Franco even the um, the rest of the government but the rest of the people couldn't say whatever they wanted couldn't think whatever they wanted so all everybody must uh, um, uh, had to obey what Franco said and in this case the mistress decided decides what people do uh, what the ghouls eat uh, what parts uh, eat uh, which people they must kill so this is a, a metaphor and even a, a critique of this regime. But the monster, the vampires, transgressed other important elements in Spanish culture, like uh, blood, for example, sucking blood is a metaphor of sex, of having sex uh, out of marriage. marriage. And it's a metaphor of some of the things like lust or gluttony and this transgressed this and, and even we see even in this uh, in this town how the people the ghouls look like are um, the physical aspect is quite similar to the rural dwellers so this is uh, this this is another fear because again about the rural area because uh, the central government couldn't control couldn't uh, have a, a strong control of these areas okay and even the, the Finally, the main, the main monster, the mistress, embodies the, the main uh, fears of many men. 
an attractive woman who can do whatever she wants with men and she's intelligent, she's young well, in the middle age um, she's uh, a kind of milk we could say but she's not very old and she can and she's intelligent so a woman could be a strong effect in the Spanish fears of many men against these uh, new women, these new young women who were more independent, uh, independent, more they, many, not many, but some of them started to study at university and they were more advanced and this, uh, this could change the social structure of uh, Spanish society. So, I recommend you to see this movie, even if, if you like horror, Spanish horror film, film. This is a good option for Halloween, so have a nice uh, month, enjoy and happy Halloween. This is my favorite celebration of the year, so enjoy and see you soon. Bye! They live by night. They hide in the dark and rise from the shadows. They can never feel the warmth of living human blood in their veins. Their bodies are cold and dead. Dracula versus Frankenstein. serves the dead, a dead man who controls the doctor and the living creature horribly created from the mangled corpses of their victims. Dracula versus Frankenstein. His blood is cold, but his mind is keen. He cannot die, for he is already dead. His name is Dracula. Another lives, but his body belongs to the dead. The two will join forces, but only one will survive. Dracula versus Frankenstein. cemetery is a cold, lifeless place to visit at night, unless you're already dead, and your name is Dracula. Together, in one film, they meet in a fight of fright. The kings of horror battle to the death. Dracula versus Frankenstein.
And now we are back with Robert Monel, you may know him, and he's an expert on Jess Franco. And he got Death Cinema Drum Boards and an in Jess Franco State of Mind. Hello, Robert, welcome again to this new season of the show. Thank you, Elena, and I'm very glad to be here. So, Robert, I invite you to our Halloween special because I wanted you to talk about Jess Franco Monster, which have decided that you're going to cover Dracula, vampires, and Frankenstein, yes? Yes. <laughs> but before starting with that, I, w I want to ask you about two upcoming releases. You know, the Dracula contra Frankenstein, I said it in the Spanish way, and Killer Barbies. What can you tell us about it? Well, both of these uh, Jess Franco films, the Dracula comes from Frankenstein and Jess Franco's Killer Barbies, were made, they were both made on film, okay? Unlike his later films, which were made on video, these were both made on film, and Dracula Contra Frankenstein was made in 1971. Um, it's one of his more visually interesting films, made during his classic film period when he was at his best, I think. And this has recently come out on a much improved DVD from Colossio Films, and uh, it's a German release, and it uh, has English subtitles, and it has your Spanish language track, the Italian track, and it also has uh, the, it has a German, the Italian, and the Spanish language tracks. Okay, so you got three different soundtracks, and it has English subtitles and other language subtitles. So it's very universally language friendly. I would recommend the Spanish language track and with English subtitles for um, that sounds the best and seems to have the best understanding of what the film's about. And it's the first release that I know of on digital. Uh, DVD, this is a Blu-ray actually, which is in a correct 2.35 to 1 format. So it's in the correct full scope format and it looks very good in terms of color and uh, it's probably the best looking digital version of a Franco film, of this Franco film yet to appear. Now this was released several times before on Spanish DVD, Divisive DVD I believe, and, on, in a, and in North America on a DVD and, and a image DVD, I believe, and they, they both are framed in the wrong aspect ratio, and they both have very, very mediocre picture quality. The image is not very sharp, and the color is not very good, and um, they both um, cut out towards the end. They don't have the complete ending music. This one is a complete version of the film. Um, it Right till the end, of the, right till the end, they run the music. They don't cut it off early. It's a correct aspect ratio, and the color is really nice on this. It has very saturated color, and um, it's it's still kind of very soft focus. But this is an older film. I think that's partially because of the way it was shot. But it's definitely the best looking and the most complete version and the most correctly framed version I know of. So I would highly recommend this Classio film. A DVD, a Blu-ray release from Germany on this, mm -hmm. and what's, this is the way to go. This is this is the first Blu-ray release of this film. Now, also Killer Barbies that was made in the 1990s. It was released in 1996, one of Franco's last movies that were shot on film, 
and it's about the Spanish punk rock group and their encounter with uh, uh, this female vampire, this 19th century countess, played by Mariangela Giordano, who was in the lead actress in uh, many, many Italian horror films of the 1970s and 80s, like uh, Burial Ground and... She played the mother in Burial Ground. She was also in Giallo, A Venezia, and um, Patrick Lives Again, a very, a very um, famous, very good, popular actress. She plays this 19th century vampire who comes back to life, and she basically drinks the blood or bathes in the blood of, of people, and that's how she stays young. So it's kind of an updating of uh, a female vampire, the 1973 Lena Romay film, only with this punk rock band playing the main characters, the protagonists who come into her castle, and it's that punk, their music is on the soundtrack, some of it's quite catchy, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good film, it's not Franco at his best, but it's a, one of his last really um, professionally shot films, in a shot on film, and the Blu-ray looks really nice, it's the first good Blu-ray presentation I've seen, the first, it's a 4K scan from the original film elements. It's got the best picture quality I've seen out of this film. It's got the Spanish soundtrack with optional English soundtracks. It's got the English language soundtrack and the French language soundtrack and the audio commentary by Troy Horth. Now, the Spanish soundtrack with the optional subtitles is the one I would recommend. It's very hard to understand what they're saying in the English soundtrack. Now, my following question is, you interviewed just Franco in the past. What did he tell you about his Dracula films? Yes, I did get to interview uh, Jess Franco in late 2004 when he was during the making of Snake Woman and filming in southern Spain. And I want to thank Chris Gavin for helping me contact Mr. Franco, Jess Franco. I got a chance to talk to him through several long-distance long phone calls. And basically, Jess was very busy, but he took the time to tell me that um, he liked his favorite of his Frankenstein Dracula films was Dracula Contra Frankenstein and he said he liked it because he got the chance to work in the scope cinemascope or technoscope aspect ratio the widescreen ratio he had more freedom because he wrote the script instead of um, someone else as in Count Dracula he wrote his own script and it was much more personal and closer to what he wanted to do with the classic monsters and basically just said that he liked shooting in this scope ratio, this technoscope or cinemascope ratio, because the castles, the landscapes were, um, he could ca capture them in a more atmospheric way, that it was beautiful ratio, and that it gave a mysterious look to everything, and that he could show more on the sides of the action, like he would have, like, uh, in, the, in the middle of this frame, you'd have Dr. Frankenstein operating the electrical machinery, and on the left, you'd have, like, uh, Dracula, you know, coming back to life, and on the right, you have his assistant, you know, doing something else. So he, he handled like a muralist, like a widescreen mural. So I thought that was very interesting. And that's why this new DVD is very good. It shows it in its full aspect ratio and how he used very, you know, saturated colors and gave it his own personal look. So that's my own personal, one of my own personal favorites of his classic monster series, I would say, one of my own favorites. I like it much better than, uh, than, uh, Count Dracula. And he, I also, he also uses a zoom lens a lot in Dracula Count Frankenstein, mm -hmm. which some criticize him for, but I think he uses it in a way that it's like a, a tool to like move in and out of things in a 
in a quick way where he would like save money and from setting up each individual shot, but he uses it in a kind of stylish way. And it's kind of his signature at this time. There's these zoom shots in and out of castles and dark hallways and vampire bats and the monsters. And uh, it has a totally different look than the Hammer Dracula films by Terrence Fisher and the Christopher Lee ones by Hammer and or the old Universal Dracula films. Now, Dracula Contra Frankenstein, the last thing I'm going to say about this, it was based on the old Universal film House of Dracula, but it does look and play very differently. And um, what about Count Dracula with Christopher Lee? Can you talk about the Portabella film major in the Surin Dracula? Yes, I would like to talk about that. First, I'd like to say um, that I'm not a real... I, I didn't really like <clears throat> Count Dracula or El Conde Dracula, as it's known as Spain, when I first saw it. And I first saw it on American television in the mid-1970s. I was a big fan at that time of the Hammer Dracula films. And this was very, very different than that. Very different than that. Uh, first of all, uh, it did have Christopher Lee, who was in the Hammer Dracula films. And he's actually much better in this film than he is in the Hammer Dracula films as Dracula, because it starts out with him being very old, with gray hair when you first see him, and then he gets his, he, he get, regains his youth as he drinks more human blood. So that follows the book, and he's very commanding in the movie. He's probably his best performance as Dracula, but the film itself is very, the way it's made, when I first saw it on television, I thought it looked very, very badly, poorly made, badly photographed, very uh, rushed, and very, looked very low budget, very, very low budget, and uh, it looked, the film looked totally out of focus. Maybe that was because I was seeing an old print on television, and the uh, they show the wolves at the beginning in Transylvania. They look like they're just German shepherd dogs. And I was just very disappointed in it compared to the Hammer films, which are very elegantly shot and with nice photography and very carefully composed. This didn't look like that at all. Um, it looked like it was just very made in a rush and not really a, a well-directed film at all. So I, I decided at that time in the early 70s that I wasn't, I, I wasn't going to watch any more Jess Franco films because I, I thought, my God, he's not really a very good director, and I was very disappointed in this. And, of course, later, I, as I saw many of his films when they came out on video and DVD, I realized that he was a much more interesting director and that this was not one of his, just one, not one of his best films. Now, at the end of the film... Um, Franco's Conde Dracula or Count Dracula. Dracula's actually set on fire in his coffin by Jack Taylor, who's in it, and um, and that's a, I think that's the first time I ever saw Dracula really being set on fire, and then his coffin is dumped over the side of the castle, and it ends with a series of zoom a zoom shots back and forth into the coffin from a distance, and I just thought it was a very odd, jarring way to enter to end a Dracula film, you know, being kind of being burned in his coffin. Now, a much much more interesting version of this is the Per Portabella film. Now, this was made this was made on the set of, of Count Dracula while, while Jeff Frank was filming it in November of 1969. And the title of that is Quad de Cook, Vampire. Mm -hmm. And 
Kuad de Cook means tail of the worm or tail of a worm in Catalan. Mm-hmm. And, and Portabella is a was a Catalan-based filmmaker at that time, known for um, making very kind of radical experimental films. Some of them had political content, criticizing the the, the Francisco Franco government at the time in the 1960s, which was in power since the Spanish Civil War, which was was kind of a fascist dictatorship mm-hmm. during the 30s and an ally of Hitler and one of the the only fascist dictatorship which survived World War II, but he stayed in power. He was a friend of the United States, Francisco Franco, and it was still a, a authoritarian regime, but um, he, you know, and then he finally died in 1975, but Porto some of his songs were very critical of the Franco government, and uh, he produced Luis Buñuel's Very Diana, Diana, which was um, banned in Spain in 1960 or 61 and for years mm-hmm. because it was it was considered too subversive. Yeah. In any case, uh, Portobello made this documentary in black and white on the set of Count Dracula while it was being filmed. And it shows Christopher Lee acting and, uh, with uh, Jack Taylor and Soledad Miranda. They have a lot of shots of her. There's some very striking images of her. Uh, Maria Rahm is very good in the film. And Klaus Kinski, of course, is in the film. He has a really, really intense role as Renfield, who's kind of the slave of Dracula in the film. And that was his scenes were shot in Rome. But So it had a very good cast, including also including Herbert Loam, a very good actor from the Pink Panther films, plays Van Helsing. So it has a very... Had, the film, Franco's film, had a very good cast, but Porter Bay had just filmed them filming... The scenes, and it's filmed in a very abstract type of way with black and white, high contrast black and white photography. There's no direct sound except at the right at the end, and uh, and it looks very moody. It looks like an old 1920s German expressionist film. It kind of looks like Nosferatu or um, one of those old Fritz Lang, Dr. Mabusa films. Very high contrast black and white, and it has much more atmosphere than the Franco. How Dracula and it shows Dracula doing various things, and then between the takes, it shows Christopher Lee taking out his fangs, and and then it shows other scenes of Soledad Miranda being staked to the heart by Jack Taylor and her being attacked. And uh, it's just a very interesting film. The soundtrack is filled with like classical music or uh, lounge music, and, and sometimes it's very loud, disturbing industrial type sounds. So it's a very experimental documentary, and uh, at the end, interestingly enough, Christopher Lee reads the last few lines from the Bram Stoker novel, Count, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula novel, the very famous novel Dracula. Mm-hmm. That's in direct sound, and, and Christopher Lee's reading is very powerful. It's about Dracula's destruction as he's being escorted by the gypsies towards his castle. And that scene, that reading of the from the Bram Stoker novel is better than anything that's in Count Dracula by Jess Franco. It really captures what the film should have really been like, you know, that the, the whole idea of Dracula being this mythic force who's suddenly destroyed. And Christopher Lee gives a very good, powerful reading, and it ends with just a camera holding on his face at the end after he reads, staring into the camera. And it's just a very, very good film. And it's on DVD, it's on the Blu-ray of Count Dracula by Severin Films. It's on that Blu-ray. They also presented there. And it was it's also been released by itself on Blu-ray recently. 
uh, in another edition. Okay, so there are several Blu-rays of that film out, uh, the Puerto Bay film, which I highly recommend. Okay, sounds interesting. I have to say that yes, Dictator's uh, Franco's Dictator's was supposed to to end in 1978, but sometimes we continue here. <laughs> Yes. Yes, just, just, just a little note that I want to say, I'm not going to go deeper. So now, Robert, what's your favorite of his classic monster films? I think my favorite is The Erotic Rites of Frankenstein. I guess that's the English language title. And it's a, that, was filmed, um, that was filmed after a year after uh, Dracula Conquered Frankenstein, and the same actor plays Frankenstein in both those films, a spit. A Spanish actor named Fernando Bilbao. Mm -hmm. and he was in a lot of Italian westerns playing villains. He's a very big, I think he looks like he's over six foot mm -hmm. guy with, usually with a beard. He's in a lot of Spanish horror films. Like he's in uh, The Vampire's Night Orgy playing the guy with the axe who's cutting people apart. He's in like, um, he's in like Malenka, Fangs um, mm -hmm. the Little Dead, Lydia Eckberg. He's, he's always, he always plays like a sinister character in yeah, Spanish. Yeah, and, and I think he, he's also the Frankenstein monster in Buenas Noches, Señor Monstruo. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that, but I've heard that. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, Have it's a classic of my childhood. <laughs> really? Yes, I would like to see that. That's directed by Paul Nashi, right? Or one of Paul yeah, Nashi's Yeah, it's Paul Nashi, Fernando Bilbao, plays Frankenstein. I don't remember... Uh, the rest of the cast I don't remember, and is uh, the the you know the kid band called the Galif. Right, that's more like a comedy, isn't it? It's a it's a, a it's a movie for for kids. You know, it's a monster mask, uh, okay. musical right. monster mask for for kids. Okay, so that's so that's Paul Nashi's children's film. <laughs> yeah. Right, now I haven't seen that, but yeah, he usually plays that type of role. He, like, so, he, so he's played Frank Assignment in three different films at least. And in this film, he has like this bizarre look. He has his skin is painted silver. Looks like somebody spray painted him silver. And his hair is all sticking up straight. And uh, you can see like the, um, the stitches on his arms and neck were like drawn in like through a magic marker. And it, it's a very low, very low, low budget gray mm -hmm. beef again and but it, this one is shot kind of differently this one is shot by a different cinematographer Raul Artigo mm -hmm. who was, was a very good director and cinematographer in Spain at that time he also shot Franco's um, Demons which I think is one of his best looking films and he, he shot Armando Diasorio's um, Ghost Galleon mm -hmm. uh, Blind Dead films and he also directed um the Witch's Mountain, which is one of my favorite Spanish horror films. So he's a very good cinematographer. He shot this film, and it's all shot, a lot of it shot through very wide-angle lenses, so it has a very bizarre, distorted look to it. And uh, the monster looks re really very strange, and it, Dracula isn't in this one. It's basically, it's basically Franco's remake of The Bride of Frankenstein, the old universal horror film. And the, the, the Dr. Frankenstein, played by Dennis Price, is sending out Frankenstein to his to, to kidnap women. And then he's killed, and uh, Dr. Frankenstein's killed, and then his daughter takes over the Frankenstein monster. And, and Howard Vernon is involved, as is Cagliostro, who's a magician. 
who's using Frankenstein to kidnap women to make a new female monster for him. So there's the female monster played by Britt Nichols, who's constructed out of body parts. There's a, Bill Bow is the Frankenstein monster. There's Howard Vernon as this weird magician. And um, there's Dennis Price's original Dr. Frankenstein, who comes back to life as a zombie every now and then. So it's a very bizarre film and a lot of different <laughs> monsters and human monsters and classic monsters. And it has a very strange look to it. Mm-hmm. It has a very interesting soundtrack also. It's very, very strange, um, almost electronic music. It sounds kind of like 19th century. If, if electronic music existed in the 19th century, that's what it would sound like. <laughs> it's a very interesting looking and sounding film. That was released a few years ago in, by Redemption Film in a very nice Blu-ray. So that that's probably my favorite of his films because Frank is, Frank would just just Frank would just went kind of wild with his imagination and it looks a lot like a, 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 a horror comic book for adults though because there's a lot of nudity and there's some sadomasochism in it so it's kind of like an adult horror comic book and I think that's the closest Franco really captured that in his own style. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Thank you so much, Robert, for being part of this show. It's great to have you again in the new season. Thank you for inviting me. Glad to be here. Remember that you can read everything Robert writes about Jess Franco on and in a Jess Franco state of mind. Did I say it right or no? Yes, yes. (laughs) And also, don't forget to check his words on Cinema Drone, on Juku. Well, I don't know what happened to Juku boards. This is a topic for another podcast. <laughs> it's, now called, it's now called tapatalk.com, but um, I'll, I'll have a, an address for it the next time. Okay. And also, remember that there are several Facebook groups in which we discuss this, Franco, and also all the cinema, Euro, horror, etc. So there... Robert is always giving very interesting information and a perfect view of what the cinema is. So, Robert, thanks again. Enjoy the Halloween. Thank you. You too, Elena. Happy Halloween.
thanks to Erika, Lady Nancy Kruger, thanks to Robin Monell, and thanks to Paul Uriat, whose uh, track Lipstick College, or collage, or college, what I'm thinking about, about naked college girl. No, that's not my style, okay? So, lipstick co collage. <laughs> You know, I cannot understand my handwriting. Uh, I, I got a problem. Okay, so Paul Uriah's track, that was amazing. And now I just want to make some notes on vampires and Frankenstein monster. Robert has told us all about, yes, Franco Dracula and Frankenstein's, uh, yes, Franco. <laughs> But there was also another Dracula for Spanish horror. That's um, Paul Nassi's Cons Dracula Great Love that was released not long ago with a beautiful edition that I contribute for with an interview to Mirta Miller. <laughs> Cons Dracula Great Love is an amazing movie. Well, it's amazing because it's very pulp and, and so... And um, I like it. I like it. Sometimes it's difficult to understand because due to censorship, mm, there are parts that are not very clear. It is said that it was made at the same time of the Humbat of the Humbat? No, the Humbuck <laughs> of the morgue. So sometimes I think we lost things. But it's an amazing Dracula, the same traces that we find on Valdemar Daninsky can be found on this Dracula, you know, I'm looking for love and those kind of things. The Strength of Vampires by Klimowski is an amazing one too. And I wanted to recommend you two Spanish comedies about Dracula. One is Dracula J.J., amazing song <laughs> by Pajares. And also Tiempos Duros para Dracula that I think I will dedicate one episode for this one. It's a Spanish comedy, very funny, with Pepe Lifante. And, you know, a very, how can I say, miserable Dracula. And if we talk about Frankenstein, there are no many examples of Frankenstein in, on, on, the Spanish, on the Spanish horror. We have the one that's this Franco movie and also the one from Assignment Terror by Ferdinando Murolo. Well, it's called like the monster of Frank Solan, but it's Frankenstein. And also that we have Nazi with uh, uh, playing Frankenstein in the whole of the devil, in which he plays many, many other, other roles. Um, there are other monsters, but also typical of uh, Spanish horror like Dr. Jekyll from Dr. Jekyll and the Werewolf, and also from the whole of the devil, Dagon, Rottweiler. G.P. Simon slacks. <laughs> Lorelai in, you know, Las Garras de Lorelai by Osorio. Um, the wonderful Humbug <laughs> from Humbug of the Moor, you know, Goto and so, but they are not so typical. And now, let's, <laughs> let me take some you know, fresh air that I need because in Spain is boiling and we are in October. We are going to celebrate Halloween in mi mini skirt and a song was says without being cold. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> 
It all began in a peaceful community, a place that had never known evil until now. But 20 years ago, in the stillness beneath these waters, something happened. And now, its deadly spawn has been released. Coming up from the depths, out into the light. Slugs. First, they got into the water system. Now, they'll get into your system. Oh, my God! They ooze. There's something down there that's killing people. They slime. We got a new dead body showing up every ten minutes. They kill. We're dealing with a mutant form of slug here. A kind that eats meat. It has three or four rows of teeth. Don't turn on the tap. Don't go in the basement. No, get out of it! Steer clear of the sewers. And whatever you do, don't make out while your parents aren't home. Slugs. It may be the most shocking movie you will ever see. Slugs. And now it's time to say goodbye. I really hope you enjoy your Halloween celebrations. You know, in Spain, okay, now we have parties, but in the past, it was a very serious day, as everything in Spain, in Catholic Spain. You know, it was typical, and it's still typical in some parts of the north of Spain, to have uh, on the 31st of October to have the table lay, you know, with uh, dishes, plates, well, you know, uh, everything for the people in the house and also for the ones that are not here anymore. Because that's the night of the dead one, so they are coming to have dinner with you. But now in the big cities, we celebrate Halloween and so. And now, before leaving, uh, let me remind you that I have a sponsor that is Generación X, you know, the comments, the comic store here in Madrid. Uh, they have a lot of uh, stuff and very cool things for the Halloween celebration. So don't forget to visit them. I will do very, very soon because I want to check all the decorations and I want to see some comics and some role games. Um, also, thanks to Creepy Images for everything that's other of the sponsors, remember that you can check Horizons from Spain on Facebook and you can follow SpanishFear.com, that is the web we belong to, on SpanishFear.com, of course, and also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and that I have a PayPal button on SpanishFear.com where you can send anything you want. Well, it's PayPal, send money better than, you know, ship. <laughs> And remember that I have an email addy that is horizonsfranspain.gmail.com And let me say goodbye with a very special track Don Cunningham sent to me and is from the past. It's kind of jamming session from Glass Face, his former group, and that I wanted to share with you all. So enjoy the celebrations, send your pics, remember... That I love you all. Bye bye.
the great green room, there was a telephone and a red balloon, and a picture of the cow jumping over the moon. And there were three little bears sitting on chairs, and two little kittens, and a pair of mittens, and a little toy house, and a young mouse, and a comb and a brush and a bowl of mush, and a quiet old lady who was whispering hush. Good night, room. Good night, moon. Good night, cow. Jumping over the moon. Good night, light and the red balloon. Good night, bears. Good night, chairs. Good night, kittens, and good night, mittens. Good night, clocks, and good night, socks. Good night, little house, and good night, mouse. Good night, comb, and good night, brush. Good night, nobody. Good night, mush. And good night to the old lady whispering. Hush. Good night, stars. Good night, air. Good night, noises. Everywhere.、Oh.